0: Welcome to another episode of No Challenges Remaining. Woot woot! I'm Ben Rothenberg. Joining me in woot wooting, just to my left, is my dear friend Courtney Nguyen. Hi, Courtney. Hello, Ben. So on this episode, we're going to talk about the week so far at Indian Wells, but more importantly, we're going to hear from a bunch of different players, most notably our first real guest on the show, none other than Andrea Petkovic, a.k.a. Petkarazzi, a.k.a. a very awesome person.
1: Freaky, 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 yeah.
0: Pretty much. We are about halfway through the Indian Wells tournament as we record this. How's it going for you so far?
1: I think it's hard to say. I mean, I think that, um, I don't think that the tournament has necessarily been blessed with like a great slate of early round matches, but I mean, it should start to kick up beginning tomorrow, I think. That's true, or, there've been some, there've
0: been a few. Um, like what? Kuznetsov has played a couple of good matches against Yankovic and Bartoli. Fair. The Bartoli Kuznetsov match was just fun.
1: Yeah, it was fun. And was
0: fun. but yeah, and that's that's true. And this is going to happen. That was what happens at a 96 draw tournament. The seeds. Well,
1: that's what should happen, and you know, and it, it, nowadays, you know, it, it goes back to what has been a theme of our podcast really within the last year of just kind of the stability of the WTA. I think that what's happened on the ATP side has been pretty predictable and it's fine. I mean, Freer going out was mildly surprising, but it doesn't really have that much impact on the storylines that, that we're all looking towards. She was
0: never going to win this tournament.
1: Right. So there's that. And then with the WTA for the most part, you know, it's been pretty straightforward and the players that you expect to be here are still here.
0: Top eight are all still in, I think. I believe, I believe. that's right. Yeah. So <clears throat> ladies been taking care of business and, uh, Guys, see what what has been uh let's talk about Rafa basically okay, getting to. Sure. Rafa was one of the big stories coming in here. What have you made of Rafa's one match so far? I got to walk over it today, mm-hmm. but what have you made of Rafa on court and just as importantly in our opinion Rafa off
1: court? Yeah, I mean I think that he's probably been he's made more of an impression off court than on court. I mean obviously he I think he played well against um Harrison, not okay. not his Acapulco you know, dominance or anything like that. But that's why it's really hard to handicap his match, his next match against Golbis um, in the fourth round and, and to really know where his form is at because I don't think that Harrison was really able to test him in, in a major way. So no. so there's that. But off-court, he has been, I have liked this off-court Rafa. It's been interesting. You know, I mean, I, th- I think the first press conference that he gave, which was his pre-tournament press, he was he seemed quite fatigued. Um, he was cranky, really, Yeah, almost. well, I mean, he, I don't know if I would say he was cranky. I just think that he was just kind of low energy. It's like was,
0: fatig- I mean, cranky, like, I think of cranky as being usually tied with tired.
1: I, yeah, I think and he was think, tired, but I don't, I think, don't think it was thing. a manifest... Uh, personally, my take, I okay. don't think that he it okay. manifested itself into crankiness. Okay. I think that he was just tired. Mm-hmm. Um, but then his press conference after his win over Ryan Harrison was, Ben, your favorite Rafa press conference ever, I believe.
0: One of my favorite Rafa press conferences ever, just because he really... Did not hold anything back, and he seemed to really be like, I'm Rafael Nadal, here's how I see the world, unfiltered. And it was very much, I'm going to talk about, I realize that I want things this and this and this way, and I realize this is my best interest, but of course that's what it is. And actually, by the way, people who say, oh, I'm only clay court, I can't do these things. If you took away all my clay court results, I'd be an amazing player because, what, I've won like four grand slams on non-clay surfaces. And it was just like, it's just owning his greatness thing that we don't get from Rafa very much at all. And for me, that's always something that's been, that's just been a disconnect for me. I like when players are willing to recognize that they are good or they are, you know, what they are. And Rafa, for me, has always seemed hesitant to do that. This week, he's, in that press conference, he very much was not. And it was just sort of nice to hear Rafa on Rafa in a way that that fits more with how I feel about Rafa, anyway.
1: Yeah, no, that's fair. I mean, I think that, you know, I, the most, uh, not surprising, but, yeah, I mean, the most the, the the impression that I got from his second press conference here in Indian Wells was that, yeah, he's kind of had some time away from the game, that he hasn't had to be in a situation where on a weekly basis he was kind of trying to amp himself up to play, you know, a tournament. And I think that I know that you and I kind of disagree on this because we talked about this on, offline about kind of how we interpret Rafa's humility, right? I, I think that for you it's more forced – Mm -hmm. Right. That's your impression. Can be. Can be. And whereas for me, I think that his humility, whether it's forced or not, does manifest itself. It's a it's a mechanism. It's a motivation mechanism for him. And I think that he truly does believe that he's not really that great, because if he believes that, then he will. That paranoia will drive him towards success. And as one who I know for myself, like is very much driven by like kind of fear of failure, like when that is something that drives you it can kind of, you know, you kind of make up hills and sure. uphill climbs that maybe are different than what reality would dictate, but it helps you to be as good as you can possibly be. So, but yeah, but here uh, this week, he's been quite, yeah, he's owned his he's owned his, his his greatness, as you said. I mean, I think that he's really, I don't know, I, I just really think that the time away really helped with this. I think that it gave him perspective to understand that he's, He's he's a tremendous tennis player. He got and some time to
0: think about yeah, himself.
1: Yeah, I think so. And kind of, and maybe it's the also recognizing the kind of short nature of the rest no. of his career and the, his quote unquote tennis mortality. You got
0: some time to think, sit back and think about legacy, which yeah. probably isn't which, something when you're in the mix that you have time to do, but when you're out of there and maybe thinking, I might never be great again. And that thought had to go through his mind at some point. Right. And you start taking account of what you've done and what you haven't done. And, and being what impressed he's do- with it. And yeah, and what he's done is so huge. I mean, he tweets photos of his new Nike shoes at some point or something. I forget exactly what was in the foreground. But in the background were like 11 Grand Slam trophies. And so, you know, you see that. And it's pretty good to be the doll. And I think that... I don't know if it's going to give him any sort of hint of complacency or whatever. But there should be... Hopefully, he's earned the right to be... Content with his career, even even while it's in midstream, I think.
1: I suppose so, but I mean, I think
0: it, I, I don't, don't think it, I don't think it has to kill his fire to be content. Because Federer has always been very content. No, with what but he's it, done. see,
1: this is where you and I really disagree on this. I think that yeah, I mean, I think that they're just hardwired a different way. I mean, I think that you can't expect for Roger. I mean, as much as like you know, with the pseudo Fed account, particularly which we spoke about before, like obviously mm-hmm. he's kind of uh, mocked a little bit, yeah, uh, sure, with respect to his his lack of modesty. Yeah. Um, in terms in terms of the way he sees himself I think I can definitely understand Rafa being equally mocked for what people would consider to be false modesty given his mm-hmm. accomplishments and so I understand that and I get it but like for me there is a side of me that does think and wonder whether Rafa can be as I don't know intense or driven if he is in a state of contentment about his accomplishments and for me one of the things that's really struck out or really stood out to me during this week is that I just can't shake this overwhelming sense that he's just not really here. He doesn't want to be here. He doesn't want to be playing on a hard court. He doesn't want to be really at this tournament. He's this is all pure speculation and reading tea leaves, but he mm-hmm. doesn't he's here because Larry Ellison has funded this ridiculous tournament. He's here out of obligation and and because it's the right thing to do. But I just really don't get the sense that he's he wants to be here and it's understandable. He's been away from home since the beginning of February, he, he played to... a
0: lot of batches. That was the thing when he when he came out with his schedule for February. I was saying this in Australia back when when we were there. I don't know if it was probably not in this podcast, but when we were talking about Rob's comeback, he he signed up for so much. He was playing. Chile, he's playing Brazil. He's playing Mexico. He's playing the Madison Square Garden exhibition, and then Indian Wells and Miami were both on his play at that point. Miami seems to be like looking like it's not going to happen. I think that at everybody's pretty
1: much rolling their eyes at any sense that at anyone trying to say that he's going to play Miami.
0: We no one thinks he's playing Miami here. No. So, yeah, I we knew it was going to catch up. To, I mean, people thought it was going to catch up to him. If he kept winning matches, and he did. He made the final of all three of those tournaments. Yeah. So I think his tank is pretty empty, and this is not something he really. I don't think that he can. I would be surprised if he really thought he could win this tournament, this current form, based on how well Murray and Djokovic and Federer have been playing. Not Federer hasn't been playing great lately, but Federer is, you know, still Federer. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, I'd be surprised. And I think that the match against Golbus will be an interesting one. And we can talk about Golbus a little bit to transition. He's the man
1: of the moment.
0: Golbis, everyone, as we record this, Ernie Golbus has won 13 straight ATP matches in 16 days. Mm-hmm. That's pretty impressive
1: and since losing in bergamo italy in the beginning of february mm-hmm. after which his mom told him that he should just quit tennis yep um he has not lost to anyone ranked outside of the top 10 his two losses are to del potro and to burdick he has not suffered a bad loss since no. bergamo
0: and he stepped on the court against tip Sarovic, a top tenner mm-hmm. who's not playing like a top tenner let's be clear he and he won six two six zero. yes and so earnings condition on some punishment and he really shouldn't have gone three today against Seppi. Right. He had but a five, he did
1: five three, five two lead. Yeah. Thing, and I talked sure. to him,
0: I interviewed him and it was it was a lot of fun. And it's just, you know, I think he's getting a little bit exhausted doing press. He's done a lot of yes. press in the last few days. So I think that the, the quality of his press may be going down with time as he has to talk more and more. But he's still there's a sense that I got from him that was very clear that was he suddenly realizes that he can be really, really good and it scares him a little bit. Because now he can't have this excuse of not trying to himself. He used to be able to say like, well, you know, I could be good but I'm not because you know, such and such and such and such. Sure. And but now I now uh, he put the now, effort in but now so I' am now. trying, and it's, uh, it, it's 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 we'll see what happens, you know. Yeah. And he uh yeah, so he's doing that in encore. You see that against Seppi. He was furious to be losing to Seppi. And he just never saw Ernie Gulbus getting that upset about losing.
1: I I'm sure that Andrea Seppi was one of those players that he saw that he thought that he was better than, I mean, but was like... On and he the is verd- better than. Yeah, but was like ranked inside the top 30 and, you know, beating top 20 players. And, you know, so, you know, he's such a good personality for the game. He You know, he's a person that you can see in the press room people get excited about yeah. when he goes into press just to see what he's going to say because it's so unpredictable. And so, you know, it's good to have Golbus around. And, and even if he loses to Rafa, you know, you, you I'm very... Very curious to see what he does on clay because that's really his best surface, so
0: there have been some there's been some I think some ernie fatigue among fans.
1: Mm-hmm. we have started to
0: see some Twitter backlash people mm-hmm. saying that every time he says anything um, well, what, in the
1: press room as well, I've overheard comments yeah. of like he's you a know, cocky, yeah right, say. he's a jerk, you know why am I going to go to a press conference? just hear him talk about getting drunk all the time, like that sort of thing, and you know backlash happens, but yeah. backlash happens because you're a thing, not because you're there's no backlash when you're relevant. no one
0: hates you if you if they don't care about you right
1: so. Been, and he's been good impressed Yeah, here.
0: And Re- Relevant Gulvis is definitely a good development for the ATP, because they could use some, some personality. Yeah. That's been good. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about the women some. Sure. Any big women's stories so far, really? American women are all out. Yep. Sloan had a, a tough match against Ulla Redvanska, who played American pretty American Slayer. Well. American Slayer Ula Redvanska, who then later took out Jamie Hampton today, bagled her, and won a tiebreak, so... Ula's been playing well. We I don't know if we've ever talked about Ula on this show, but uh, Ula's been playing well, and the Americans are gone.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think on the women's side, it's been pretty, you know, predictable, and that is kind of what is the WTA these days, and that's... It's hard, because on one hand, I'm like, it's totally a good thing, because I'm so happy for the WTA not to have to deal with like all of the criticisms that it's been, that it's gotten for the last like four or five years since Justine retired about like not having any structure, not having any predictability and all Mm -hmm. those sorts of things. So that's all great. But I miss the upsets. I miss the kind of craziness early rounds. And, you know, even the ones, the upsets that are happening here, they're not all that surprising. I mean, Sloane losing, you know, given her form coming out of the Middle East was, was not particularly a shock. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's uh... a...
0: No, she has no track record of being a seed, a high seed who takes care of business. It's new to her. All so new to her. Yeah. And that was very clear talking to her that, like, yes. this has been a switch. Yes. So... And, and,
1: I mean, for a lot of the Americans, I just wrote, I just filed a story about how, you know, both for, for, for Slo- one of the, the common themes among American tennis, obviously, through the first week was kind of effectively... The troubled, dry times that both the men, well, the men's side and the women's side, sans Serena, yeah. kind of are going through, especially considering Sloane's current immediate slump, which yeah. she'll get out of. and she'll it's definitely fine, get and It's out. not as big of a deal. But one of the things that really came up a lot within the men's press conferences from Harrison, Fish, Isner was all of them basically saying, you know, because there's a slight, very slight chance that there won't be any Americans in the top 20 for the first right. time ever. Now
0: it looks at the current, as we record this, it looks like Sam Quarry will get to number 20. Right. And that will be it.
1: But it'll be, I mean, I think that it's just a matter of time before there are no Americans in the top it 20. It could very
0: ever. well happen. There's, right. I, mean, there's, I mean, you can't get any more on the brink of having none than right. having one guy who's number 20.
1: Right. So, you know, but one of the common themes that they've always brought up is, is Andy Roddick. His yeah. name has been raised... Uh, many times, because they all say, look, this guy, for so long, was the one in here. When, some, when, sh- when shit was going down with American tennis, you guys yelled at him. No. He didn't yell at us. No. And so we could just play tennis, and it was cool. And now he's gone, and there is no lightning rod. And so every, every one of us has to come in and answer these questions. They're tired of it. They're fatigued. Isner gave the worst press conference I've ever seen him give after his first, his second round loss to, to Hewitt. And... You know, I mean, it it really does on both sides from the player and the press perspective. You really kind of do appreciate what Andy Roddick did. And it's a shame that I guess we kind of realize that now as opposed to then. But
0: yeah, I don't know if I'd really appreciated how much he was there as sort of a uh, like a force field around the other guys to uh, to deflect that stuff and to really be the
1: one who would take the brunt of it. Because it's clear that Isner does not like being. I mean, both Isner and Sloan. Yeah. Independent of each other. Were like I would have preferred not to be on stadium court. Yeah. To come out as the number top seeded Americans at a major American tournament, and say you know what I really would have preferred to be
0: on, an on outer court. court.
1: That's that's not it's what so, you want to hear. It's so so not know? ready for prime time. Yeah.
0: And it's uh, it's 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 not it's disappointing. It's hopefully hopefully it's a it's it's more discouraging I think for Isner because Isner's been around so much longer. That's than fair. Sloan. And
1: Sloan's just getting. I mean, she said you know it's a transition period, like yeah. getting used to it, and she's. She is a person who is ready for prime time. She wants the spotlight. She wants the spotlight. She just needs to... She wants the spotlight to be awesome and not the spotlight to be like, yeah, I lost another match and I suck. Yeah. You know? And unfortunately, that's not how spotlights work. Nope. Once you're in the spotlight, the interview requests don't trickle down when you lose. You know, you are forced to explain yourself whether you win or you lose. And, you know, and I definitely am sympathetic to players because... You know, if I had to go and answer every single day, sit down in front of people and tell me that I totally fucked up the day and, like, that I'm horrible at what my job is, that would suck. I mean, that's effectively Twitter. (laughs) (laughs) That
0: is effectively Twitter. That is effectively
1: Twitter. But, you know, I mean, it would wear on you and it would really put you just in a bad mood. And so... You know, it's been, I think it's been really, you know, I mean, it's tougher for the guys than it is for the girls because the girls will always have, or not always, but at least for now have Serena. Yeah. And I mean, not to say that the women had a horrible tournament. I mean, Taylor Townsend, Madison Keys had good wins and, you know, Jamie getting to the third round was pretty good. So
0: mm-hmm. Mallory Burdett.
1: Mallory Burdett.
0: Making third round as a qualifier. Huge. Huge. So as we talk about the players, you know, talking about themselves all the time, for the first time on this show... We are going to let you hear the players directly. We're going to build into this as the episode goes yep. along. So stick around. So stick around. Stay with us. We're about, you know, 17 minutes in so far. We're just going to keep getting more. Uh, all Access Hour happened the first day of... Our first day of the main draw tournament, the top eight seeds came in. For
1: and the All Access Hour for, for the, the women. WTA. For
0: the women. The the guy, the men... ATP does not provide that sort of
1: Would you want thing. All Access for ATP?
0: Yeah, why not? Why not? I mean, because you can get... You can talk... There are people who... Are never relevant to talk to necessarily early rounds like a Burdich, like a Sangha, like uh, who is even number seven right now? Um, Delpo. Delpo, yeah. Get them at a table, answer some questions, get a sense of where
1: they're at. That's really the thing that I would like though is yeah. the table, the table format. Yeah. So for those of you who don't know, all access hour WTA top eight at at, ma- at majors, but like at smaller ter- or not majors, but uh, big tournaments, big tournaments. Then usually it's top four for kind of the the, the smaller tournaments. The players kind of come in and do a roundtable. And sometimes they're all at once. Sometimes they're staggered. Ideally, they're staggered. But it's very informal. Um, mm-hmm. You feel like in that environment, you can ask kind of funky questions and be a little bit more conversational. They're not transcribed. Yep. So you you re- you rely on the, the recording. So it's actually quite fun. And so we had some no- moments at the All Access Hour that were really impromptu that kind of came the out one, of nowhere.
0: I think we're only going to do one of them in this in this episode. We're going to talk. You're going to hear, as she calls herself, Maria
1: Sharapova. Sugarpower. Oh, that. Oh, that.
0: <laughs> yeah. So she was
1: hilarious during all access.
0: She was pretty good. So we're gonna have a couple clips of her. So enjoy, Maria. How are you adjusting to life as a tweeter?
2: I'm. It's overwhelming.
0: <laughs>
2: it really is. I feel like you know, I wake up and you know, I check all my social media pages, and um... but I do enjoy. I'm still trying to make it more unique because I, I think. You know what fans expect of me is um, you know what I do on a daily basis can be quite boring. So I I try to find things that things to say or things to share that are maybe you know more inside information rather than the boring stuff.
1: Do You actually read your app okay. mentions?
2: Yeah, I do. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Has it been surprising to you, like what people tweet at you or things that you they tag you in and? Um. Like
2: that? No, I think our society's pretty crazy at times, so no, I'm not surprised at <laughs> some of the things I read. <laughs> do you have any secret talents that you're willing to share? Um, secret talents. I'm not a bad singer. Really? Yeah. You, would you like to sing something? Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> no.
3: Have you do karaoke? What
0: do
2: you do? I love karaoke. Really? Yeah. What kind of music? Um, I'm good at singing Cher. I'm really good. <laughs> yeah, I can bust that out. Mm-hmm. And not bad at Rihanna. I could do Rihanna pretty good. Yeah.
0: Do you like to share low notes? Do you go like a like a bare No, I'm
2: there? no 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 no. I'm not good no, I'm more of the high notes. Like do you believe No, <laughs>
0: <laughs> no
2: secrets of the TA American Idol coming soon? <laughs> right? Absolutely not. No. But apparently I'm really good at the, the Glee. I I played that wee glee thing, the the Glee yeah. program, right? Karaoke, I got an A <laughs> Yeah, thank you very much. Maria, if you comment on the medical timeout logo, it's being reviewed whether or not you think you should be able to take two medicals on one change or is there too much time in taking mm. um I I haven't taken too many medical timeouts. I don't actually remember the last time I did. <laughs> um what so take Um, I'm not sure. I don't, I don't know. I mean, that's not for me to judge. Well, maybe it is, but not here.
0: Um. Thank you, Maria. The next thing we're going to play for you is a small clip. I I talked to Bernard Tomic, who's always interesting. This was just not all access, obviously. It's just a one on or a two-on-one interview with one other reporter. And it talked about a bunch of things that he's sort of been through recently. And Bernie... You never know where Bernie's going to go with an answer, and I haven't never had time to publish this anywhere. It wasn't really relevant, so I thought I'd give this to you, dear listeners. So enjoy the dulcet tones of one Bernard Thomas.
1: Bernie be Bernie.
3: I saw it, there was a video, it's strange, it came out you in Marseille, where you were I, was, I pressed the button and started looking around, pretending like know what's this camera sort of thing and you know started like taking my pants off as, as a joke and then it was pretty funny I did about 50 different acts <laughs> wait till I get to the last one <laughs> um, but then just he'd come down it was just funny but I had video got out I think it went on YouTube from the from the press there and it's just uh, irrelevant to talk about because it was just a, one of the you know funny things like you, do, you see a button you press it it's just, it's just funny the way it happens and then all of a sudden people go, oh, you're stripping.
0: <laughs> Do you think you... I know that uh, Murray tweeted photos of you like climbing into lockers and doing magic tricks yeah, yeah, and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Do you feel like you have a lot more entertainment to give people off court they haven't seen from you yet?
3: Well, yeah. I mean, I'm always doing something um, you know, different. Um, I think Andy managed to get me in his, in his locker in uh, Tokyo last year. and took a picture, which was actually... It was a bet to get in the locker room. in the locker, sorry, because no one could fit in there. You yeah. didn't expect me being 6'4 to fit in there. But I did, so I won the bet. Um, what, would you, what did you win? Yeah. What was the bet? I can't remember, but you know, he won the photo, so it was good. <laughs> Thank you, Bernie. And now the main event.
1: <clears throat> That's me like, doing a drum roll. A drum roll. But it just sounded like me going. Voo. Yeah, it That's
0: really sorry. much was you going. Boo, so we can drum roll. We got to talk after her first round qualifying match, you should see the look on Courtney's face. She's very happy with <laughs> this. After her first round qualifying match, we got to talk to Andre Pekovic at some length. Courtney, what was it like having Pekko back at a tournament?
1: I don't know for anybody else. I know that for myself, like having, you know, kind of come into covering tennis relatively recently, mm-hmm. Pekovic just kind of was always a person that was there. She was always good for a quote you know, um, she and I kind of generally got along fairly well. So and she was just a really nice personality to have in the room because you could always, you know, you have that small handful of players I would put Bartoli in this uh, category. I would put Kitsnetsova in this category as well of players who, regardless of what the results were, Regardless of what happened that day, you knew that if you were doing a story or if you just needed some quotes or you needed something, that you could go to them and they wouldn't sidestep your question. Be thoughtful. They would be thoughtful. They would give you truth and honesty as according uh, according to them. And Pekovic was one of them, and, and I think lo- and but they, I think she has probably the better sense of humor, so she yes. could kind of, you know, infuse her and I mean her inter- her pressers were entertaining. So to lose that for effectively a full year was brutal i mean i i missed having petco around aside from her tennis you know i mean she was a reliable quote machine so yeah it was just nice having her back nice seeing her around Uh, you know it was good so we're first
0: gonna play a very short clip from the end of our interview with her uh the one we did along with nick mccarroll um who was just not this was not the podcast interview It's coming up later just talking to her about music stuff And I know that she and Courtney share some common
1: ground on that. We're kind of musical soulmates. Kind of are. Let's be real. You've now been in two interactions that I've had with Petco music related. Uh Uh-huh you can say
0: no you guys are i mean i thought i thought that maybe you'd you know compromise and we could bond over one direction but you just weren't willing to make that sacrifice in your life i was not and i i respect that and i respect that so i still hold out some hope for (laughs) Petco. she was a big backstreet boys fan once upon a time she was all right so here is courtney and Petco talking about block party
4: any books
1: or, or music help get you through, uh, yeah. through Oh yeah, idea? I read
4: a great book. You all have to read it. Uh, I used to be a very big Stephen King fan mm-hmm. and then I got a little bit more intellectual. <laughs> 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 so I didn't read Stephen King anymore. But um, for Christmas my parents gave me the new Stephen King book. It's mm-hmm. the one about Jonathan... Yeah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's so good. Is it? It's I've, heard, so good. I've
1: heard mixed reviews, but you liked it? Yeah, I really like <laughs> okay. it.
4: Oh, sorry. No worries. Because, I mean, um, <laughs> If you like Stephen King, it's always he always you know, he always gets lost in the story a little bit. He has five stories at the same really? time but yeah. I really like that, so uh, that was the best book and uh I went to a block party concert. Oh that was the
1: best concert That's
4: in the true. world and I met them after I can't m- believe you didn't get the shorts, dude. Like, yeah, I asked him, you know, you I asked yeah, I know him you and totally he said I only have one. <laughs> 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 he has the one-shorts <laughs> <disgusting. laughs> and he wears them every set. <laughs> so wow. disgusting. But did you, have you actually there got to hit with him? Uh, no, but he's going to come to, well, he lives in New York, so okay. he said he's either going to come to Wimbledon okay. Met or he's going to come to the U.S. Open. Okay, yeah yeah and it was it was so cool but they are not you know you expect a rock band to be cool they are not cool right they're 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 nerds they're nerds and dorks yeah they are total but i loved Mm that because they were just like so into what they are doing and you just see them in front of your eyes how they are sitting in their room the whole day and practicing i don't know a drum space whatever so that was really exciting and uh and i was Fangirling! <laughs> I came there. I was like, <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> but Matt actually saw me play a lot of times yeah. during the U.S. series when oh. I played really well. The few tournaments yeah, yeah. he said he saw four or five matches, and uh, so he knew me. So he was kind of fanboying yeah, also. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> good. yeah, but I was so I, I played it cool, you know. But inside <laughs> I was like, <laughs> Well, now you know how most people feel when they come to you. Well. Oh no, I good. don't think so. I was really, I was so nervous. And they are all they are all really 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 nice guys. Yeah. So that was them. so cool. And uh, yeah, that was my best experience actually <laughs> <I'm sure laughs> from from from, uh, from the year 2012. That was the <laughs> best part. But um, um, yeah, I have a lot of uh, new music. I really like Tegan and Sarah. Did yeah. you hear that? <laughs> that makes her happy. Yeah, that I've makes been her happy. talking about them nonstop. Yeah. Like
0: and so that was pretty good. Thank you. But Thank you. We this fin- modern
1: love. What we
0: finally got a guest on the show in earnest, sat down, Andre Pekovic, two of us and her in a room with a microphone, and we talked about all sorts of stuff.
1: What was your biggest takeaway, Ben, from that podcast, from no, that, that interview? That they're Sorry. about to hear? Yes. <sighs> Preview it for, for the people.
0: My biggest takeaway from the podcast was that she's a normal We talked about the the quote-unquote normals on a recent show, and that's what it is. I mean, through all this crazy world, through all the stuff she's been through, she's, you know, they're not so different, you and I. We say to players sometimes, less often than not. Mm -hmm. And uh, she's she's one of them. And hearing her do press and hearing her talk, it's incredible how much more her style of press sort of works, I guess, in some ways than almost anybody else.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that she, one thing that really sets... Andrea Pekovic apart, from, by, from my opinion. And the only other person that I would say rivals it is maybe Sharapova, but just uh, Pekovic's ability to be introspective, to kind of be self-aware, and then to articulate it in a – whether it's a, in a broad level or in a level of detail, that few players will go. Yeah, And I think that you really get a sense of that – um in the next segment i mean she talks about you know being injured and kind of like going through a not depression quote-unquote depression not actual clinical depression um and what that felt like and what it's like to be back on the tour and interacting with the atp and the wta and all these sorts of things so
0: so let's let her play this out here's andrea pekovich enjoy folks we enjoyed it we're pretty sure you will too we have a third voice on our podcast for the first time in a while which is very exciting and it's the lovely... Voice of Andre Pektovich. Yes.
4: Well, the voice is not so lovely. But I oh, what are you talking about?
0: <laughs> you, you, were, you, were, you were talking um, before about how you think your accent, you're worried about what your accent sounds like. Can you talk us yeah. through what accent you want and well, what you fear you um, have?
4: when I was younger, when I was like 16, 17, I was really watching all the American movies, and I really tried to talk American <laughs> because I thought that was really cool. And also in school when we had English, um, when we had our teacher talk English to us, I was always trying to put on that fake American accent. And when I got a little older, I found myself very embarrassing. <laughs> 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 I was really ashamed of my. And then I started to, um, to try to talk normally, but that you see or hear that I'm a German. Mm-hmm. But then a lot of people approached me and said, you have an Eastern European accent when you talk English. So um, I don't know what to, what to think about this. Would you want like a different accent? A lot of people, know.
1: like, love, like, the British accent or... No,
4: I would love to speak southern accent. Oh, no. I love the people that speak, central, like, yeah, yeah, like, the Mississippi, Alabama. I love all the movies mm-hmm. with the southern accents. I love them. But then I, um... I figured that in in the states it's not so cool to have a southern accent, it's is it? Su- it
1: depends. I mean, it's cool in the south. Yeah, <laughs> yeah
4: there's, like, there's, there's, they there love it. About it yeah. But yeah. then I thought about it in Germany. If somebody would come and talk in Bavarian accent, I, everybody would say like, "What what are you doing?" <laughs> exactly. So, so I stopped trying to talk southern howdy and this <laughs> <laughs> kind
1: of stuff. There are ways you can kind of have it about. You know, yeah. like I worked a lot with the, with a lot of people in the south, and so I just automatically picked up. Like I say, yeah. y'all. Oh y- 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 yeah. yeah. Where sometimes I'm writing articles for Sports Illustrated, and I'll type y'all, and like my art- <laughs> editors are like, "What in the hell are you doing?" And I'm like, I don't know. No, like that's no, how it's I good. think. No, y'all is it's a really great. Good. One. And how do come How y'all throw them together? Yeah. That's America, a- right a- there.
0: A- <laughs> so, no. what, so what part? You've obviously spent a lot of time in the U.S. Is there a part yeah. that you enjoy more than the one you're in? A, uh. You're in. Southern California for a while before this term. Yeah, right?
4: well, I was in San Diego with dus- staying with Dushan Bemic and uh, my coach, and we have friends there. And I loved San Diego. I have to say, it was I if it wasn't that far away because it's really far from yeah. Europe. I would immediately buy something here in California because yeah. I just think the weather is great and I just like the lifestyle of the people. It's quite European, I have mm-hmm. to say, and. Um, it's um, very healthy uh, a lot of sports doing going on a lot of culture a lot of museums and i really love that so i could definitely imagine myself being in san diego or in california but it's just so far away yeah. it took me like i don't know 18 hours with uh, connections, connections yeah. and everything so, it's, I really love my friends and my family, and I love being at home, so I think it would be too far away. Maybe yeah, I mean, have I to find a husband in
1: California. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you would have many suitors, many, many suitors, uh, now that it's all on the podcast. I don't care. I think a California sugar daddy. Yeah, maybe um, you
4: should, you know, <laughs> yes. It's like, find a match for Andrea Petkovic in California.com. <laughs> exactly.
1: The California version. But, um, but, yeah, I mean, that's why a lot of tennis players are based out of Florida, right? I mean, because yeah. they like the heat and just be able to practice and
4: it's closer to Europe, Europe, exactly, but I prefer California much more because I feel like, I don't know, Florida, it's nice, it's uh, nice there, but I couldn't stay there longer for a week or two, I, I really prefer California, so it's a pity that it's so far away. But um, you never know. Soon there'll be rockets and uh, UFOs, and then I'll be here in a minute. <laughs> <Perfect>. <laughs> we would love to
1: have you.
0: So you're going to Florida next, though. So um, you played here. You got a major wild card in mm-hmm. Miami. So congratulations. Thank you. On that. Very thankful. Uh, what you, wh- how are you feeling about your game going to Miami? What did this, you know, week well, tell you about your game? And where, um, you are at, where you're at?
4: Well, I always prefer Miami than Indian Wells, uh, considering my tennis, because it's. Humid, more humid there, and the ball doesn't fly as much. And yeah. I like when I can hit through the ball without worrying def- that it's gonna fly out. So, mm-hmm. um, tennis, um, wisely, I prefer always Miami. I, it's a little hectic. It's a nerve-wracking always. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I will, m- I'm very excited to see how I'm gonna react to the new stress because I'm not. I've been out for a long, long time. The last uh, year and a half, I didn't play. I think the. Time I didn't play was more than I played actually mm-hmm. all in, in total yeah, I think so right, yeah. so I'm definitely very excited to see how I'm gonna react but I'm very thankful for the for the wild card for the main and I'm gonna try my best and hopefully I can get a win. Yeah. So you you say you're
0: more excited for tournaments now because you haven't played as much than you were say like 2010 when you were playing every week pretty much
4: yeah definitely I just um, I just told my coach he was laughing at me I was like I'm really enjoying being back at the tournaments and back then it was like oh not again <laughs> and, oh the stress and the th- with the funny thing was actually when I had my stress fracture in my lower back this was my first injury after a long time I think four years I then first time felt what kind of pressure you are dealing with you don't mm-hmm. feel it when you're in the tournament all the t- you're it's, you're constantly under pressure and constantly stressed you don't feel it and when i had the, lo- the stress fracture i was like oh i'm relieved mm-hmm. i can just wake up and do whatever i can eat croissants with chocolate <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't care what yeah. is happening it was but after a week i got bored it was amazing. The first week or two weeks, I was enjoying my life so much, and then I got bored. And the stress is something you really miss. It's strange, but... That's uh, weird. I mean, that's a weird thing. Kind of, you get addicted yeah. to the stress? You get yeah. addicted to the stress. I yeah. think it's... And I also felt because of um, doing all the sports, and with the stress, you're producing a lot of this um, luck hormone, dopamine, yeah, yeah, I yeah. think. Yeah. And when you don't do sports, you just don't produce mm. it as much. So I think a lot of... because people talked about like being depressed or being in a crisis mm-hmm. i think a lot comes from not do yeah, being able active. to move yeah, yeah. not being a- it's, it's not something that like oh, my life is so shitty yeah. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's it was more like uh, i don't produce the hormone yeah. anymore the dopamine and so i think it was it was more related to that than really because i'm not a not a depressed person in yeah, general i wouldn't <laughs> think so i mean like
1: so were you like immobilized for how long how much were you kind of just off when yeah, you had well, the back f- well, the bed actually
4: was um, fine. It was three and a half months, okay. but I could walk around. So okay. I wasn't, uh, like, necessarily... Bedridden uh, bed, or... Exactly. Yeah. So that was fine. And that's w- and I didn't feel the depression so much. Okay. And the worst thing was actually after my ankle mm-hmm. surgery, because I had a gips until... A uh, cast. Oh, right. Oh, okay. Right above the knee. So I really couldn't do anything. And that's when I had my kind of depression. Yeah. Because that was when I didn't, was wasn't able to move at all. I couldn't even, like... Go to the cinemas. It was so stressful because going up the stairs alone would take me 20 minutes with the crutches and this huge cast. That and was weighing yeah, five just, kilos.
1: Yeah, and that's just got to be tough mentally, I would think, for you, being like one of the fitter players, and yeah. you know, and and to kind of everything being a chore. Like to have to actually think about, well, if I want a glass of water, and <laughs> I'm gonna yeah. have to do like X, Y, and Z to to get it, which is uh, which must have been yeah, kind of yeah.
4: Well, I um I really learned to appreciate my sister even more. Yeah, I was <laughs> say, like,
1: who kind of helped take care of you like, during that
4: time? I well, know. I was staying at my parents' okay, and, um, with in, my in Germany. Yeah, okay. in Germany, at my parents' when my sister is there, so she's younger, and uh, I was staying with them, and they were well, basically running around getting stuff for me. Yeah, but a, little,
1: a little bell that you just could like lie on the couch. Uh, and go,
4: Ding, no, hey. but I was. But my mother, uh, I love my mother. She's so funny because she's uh she's really caring I would say she was um, a little overprotective Mm. even because she's really really caring and everything but she hates it when you like um, give yourself up, and so for the yeah. first five days when I had my cast when I just came out of hospital, I was lying on the couch watching baseball the whole day. <laughs> baseball. <laughs> she's like, you oh like my
1: that? gosh, she hasn't. She's lost her will to live. <laughs> she's watching baseball.
0: Do you like base- I've never heard of Europeans ever watching baseball. Really?
4: Well, we don't. <laughs> but that, that's w- the point. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's that's <laughs> the point. <laughs> Although I really like baseball, but I would never watch a game. You know, I, w- yeah. I like to watch the highlights. I like mm-hmm. to like take take track when I'm in the US and yeah. see yeah. what's happening but I'm not somebody that goes to a game for six hours and watch it right. and I was sitting in front of the TV watching baseball <laughs> and screaming like ah, <laughs>
1: <laughs> and I don't even know the rules.
4: <laughs> I don't even know the rules. Come oh, on. And after, and she was watching this for four or five days. And the sixth day, she just came there. Andrea, this is it. Turning off the TV, and she said, "You go in, and read something. Do something sub- su- substantial. Yep. You know, yep. go and read something and learn something." I was like, "But, but, um, but uh, no, not." A,
1: a, a, <laughs> that is a German. That is a mom that's putting her foot down right there.
4: <laughs> exactly. And then I started studying and. reading reading, and mm-hmm. I felt much better, I have to say, so I was very thankful. But the first five days, I really wanted to do this, you know. I lost my job, and watching baseball, <laughs> and eating popcorn kind of thing. Gosh, that, you feel that like sounds you feel like, like me like
1: a few years ago,
0: actually. <laughs> <laughs> did you, um, it's did it's you feel close. like a normal unemployed person? When I did, but close? I was unemployed. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I,
4: it's, it's yeah, basically really the same, and I, I really know how people must feel, and it was r- <laughs> the worst feeling. And the thing is, I think it's... Um, sort of like an um, automatism mm-hmm. it's not something really it's not like you lose your will but everything is just like a circle and you and there is one point where you just like oh, it's really senseless to go up to the computer and yep. read something it's just or why watch a YouTube video of myself playing tennis right. I just and it's kind it of a purpose, circle yeah. I would think
1: I mean uh, I mean, back when I had lost my job or not <coughs> lost my job but left my job and things like that it was the same thing it's yeah. just like I kind of lost the reason I wake up in the morning, or take a shower, or get out of bed, or go outside of the house, and so it'd be like four days, and I'm like, did I leave the house? (laughs) I don't think I left the house, you know, and I don't even think I left my bed, and it wasn't intentional.
4: Yeah, it's not like I'm hiding. Exactly, right? Yeah, that's that's what just kind of happens. It just happens, and that's why um, it's not really fair of people to say like, oh, look at this lazy bastard, whatever. He doesn't want to do anything. It's just something that happens, and you. Thankfully, I had my mother mm-hmm. who just puts the... Yeah, she put the foot down and said, "Andre, you go read something. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: Fine, fine.
0: <laughs> so, so what sort of things were you... Obviously, you're, you've been known as a player that like, keeps up with popular music, reads a lot, you spend your time in more... Impressively, than I, I mean, other oh, players. Oh, impressively! Too. <laughs> I don't know. I, so, I would just say just so. A fair word. Oh, what, yeah. So, what sort of things were you doing? What were you reading? What were you listening to? Well, Movies, the best, whatever. yeah.
4: Well, the best thing that I was able to do, I was going to a lot of concerts and um, my first two festivals. I never been. Oh, to which festivals festival did you go to? I go to. I went to Hurricane Festival. Yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, that was absolutely amazing. But I have to say, I was really em- embarrassed. I'm not a festival type of girl. You know, everybody like being intense. Mm-hmm. And I came there with my car, and we, um, I don't know if you guys know, but our Fed Cup team is sponsored by Porsche, so we have a Porsche. (laughs) (laughs) it. Yeah. So I came to a festival in my Porsche, and everybody, and I was there with five guys, five of my best friends, and we were there, and enjoying the music, I loved it. And when I'm there, I was going crazy, and Mm -hmm. in the mud, and everything, but as soon as the concerts were over, I went back to my Porsche, and went back to my hotel, (laughs) four stars. (laughs) (laughs) So really spoiled, and I was lying in my bed, and I felt so... So bad, I was like, I'm supposed to be in a tent, dirty, no shower, nothing. Absolutely
1: disagree. Yeah, I mean, like, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I've done the tent thing, and it's. Like you do it once Just to say that you've done it yeah. And then like When somebody comes along And says actually You know I have a extra You know two feet In my hotel room You can sleep on the floor I'm like oh yeah. please thank you <laughs> Like you know Hot shower Plumbing exactly. You know yeah. like All that sort of stuff So that I don't feel Disgusting all day Because it's kind of I mean festival yeah. Music festivals can be gross It, I mean, it really is like, Coachella one It is gross I, I, I would love to go
4: To the Coachella I was going to say
1: If you were going to yeah. Like try and extend Your injury a little bit longer <laughs> 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 So you could
4: go to no, Coachella I would love to go To Coachella But yeah I also think It's kind of gross, yeah. I have to say. I'm, maybe I'm not spoiled, I'm just very hygienic and mm-hmm. I'm German. <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah. But then in the next day, all the guys, the five guys, they came there dirty, mm-hmm. smelling, mm-hmm. And uh, they were not really, not really good looking. And yeah. I came there freshly showered <laughs> with makeup, and my hair was perfectly done. And I was like, that's okay, right. I'm gonna go watch the um, electric guest. Yeah, I think yeah. it was. Yeah. <laughs> and so I felt perfectly fine. So that was a great experience for me because I never got to go to festivals yeah. before.
0: And that's the kind of thing the tennis players have to miss out on a lot. I mean, those sort yeah. of the choices to make scheduling freedom. Oh, this festival is going to be, you know, in my hometown on X day. Oh, but I got to be. In yeah. Beijing or Tokyo or wherever, exactly. and so that had to be freeing for you. I guess that maybe. was yeah.
4: really freeing. Yeah, that was li- very liberating. Kind of catching up on life in a yeah. lot of ways. It like, was, you know. it was. But although I, y- I have to say, it gets boring. I mm. mean, I thought like when you're playing and you don't get to get out and don't get to go out with your friends and drink and do mm. all this stuff, you feel like oh, I'm missing out on so much. And then you do it once, it's so cool. You do it twice, it's cool. You do it three times, it's like, yeah, I've seen that already. And yeah. yeah, fourth time, okay, the guys are not getting any cuter. And <laughs> <laughs> then yeah. uh, it's like, it gets boring. Yeah. It's just the same with everything, yep. I guess. And so, uh, well, Especially for your guys'
1: lives with tennis players. I mean, every day is pretty different. I mean, yeah, like when you're true. on the road and, yeah. you know, you kind of, I think one thing that people take for granted, because I know when I, um, like, traveled a lot with mm-hmm. the tour, like, you know, I was kind of making decisions as to what city I was going to be in Mm. based on who won, who lost, you know, things like that. Which is not all that different from kind of you guys. Because it's like, well, I, I hope I'll be here for seven days. Yeah. But I might just be here for two. Exactly. And so kind of that, um you know, you have a little bit of an edge, yeah. I feel like, every day, because you don't know, am I going to be on a plane tomorrow, or in a couple of days, or That's things right. like that, so yeah. I think that sometimes that gets into the rhythm.
4: Oh, yeah, right? well, like- I have to say, I missed the traveling the most, mm. I really you did. did. Yeah, I actually wanted to move, just to do something. <laughs> 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 like, I love my place, but I was just like, maybe I should move, and then I started watching on the internet, and looking for other apartments, and houses, just to do something right. and to change something in this pinary, every day. Like yeah. th- you know, see something different. Exactly. When you, you And I think I'm just so used to traveling and I love it. And um, it's just I cannot be longer for two weeks in, yeah. in one place and I get already fuzzy. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, a lot of players say that. it's It's, it's a funny thing because so it sometimes it's like the complaint is the travel yeah at the same time it's like but if but you don't know
0: how to stand still right yeah. I think no. Wozniacki said no. that right yeah, she like said that she yeah. when she's like off season she needs to like move to a different city every week exactly she can't deal
4: that's right that's right I mean I think it, I guess it's different when you have a family and you have uh, children and then you kinda want to have a steadier life but I'm very far away from that so <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, so when you came back um, like la- even just last fall and then back mm-hmm. you know uh, this week do you notice
4: anything different in the, the tour th- yeah Uh, Well, what I felt like, I noticed something different for myself, that um, all the chaos around me doesn't affect me that Mm. much anymore, because um, before, after a day, especially in the first days of a tournament, especially such a big tournament like Indian Wells, where there are a lot of players, a lot of coaches and guests and whatever, uh, I just, I would feel exhausted, and Mm. I was just feel like, oh, I talked to 500 people, and... I'm so bad in small talk, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm just really bad in small t- I never know what to say, mm-hmm. I always feel awkward, and then I start talking nervous nonsense, because I feel like, Got this is an l- awkward situation, <laughs> I have to say something really stupid, and <laughs>
1: <laughs> I have to fill the air. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah, uh, yeah
4: exactly. Yeah. So I'm just really bad in small talk, and that would really affect me, mm-hmm. like uh, before my injuries, because I was so stressed. and. Uh, talking to everybody and if I missed somebody that I didn't say hi to, maybe he's going to be angry and you know, everybody uh, and now I'm much more with myself, I don't get affected by it so much anymore, so I don't feel so exhausted but I'm not sure if something changed in general, has it? You have to tell. No, really. I don't know. Well, no, well, we. well, first of all,
1: we're not in the locker room, so, yeah, okay, uh, well. so like in terms of like uh, that. But uh, I don't know. I mean, maybe not. I mean, you know, you, you know,
0: weren't gone that long. Yeah, I mean, yeah exactly. You know, like it was game really moved forward in any big way. Yeah. Players are playing that differently, no. and you're still
1: tight with a lot of a lot of the the, the players. So it I seems am. like you kind of would yeah. know. I mean, like you're just yeah. talking to them, and keeping up. I'd yeah, that's remember. right. And
0: yeah. you're also in like a unique social circumstance, being Serbian and. German, exactly. so you get like double worlds. Like I saw you when I saw you earlier today, you're talking to and yeah, You're yeah, playing, yeah. you playing doubles with Kerber, you were playing yeah. doubles with Kerber here. So, what is it like having those sort of two different, I guess, like clicks? You yeah. can both be part of both. Ain't That's a sort of.
4: With my click. we <laughs> 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 go just wrap.
0: I wish we so had video. You
4: know my favorite song in the world, click.
0: <laughs> so, so what, what is that like having the two worlds? Does that help?
4: Oh, that's so strangely it's really strange, because they are so different, Germans and Serbians are so different, but it's also really great, because I have the two sides in myself as well. I have this mm-hmm. German side that's very disciplined mm-hmm. and focused and um, maybe not really funny or not very wild, <laughs> let's put it like this, and then I have this wild side in me, the Serbian side that's um, hot blood and going crazy, and so when I'm with the Serbians, I feel like the craziest person in the world. And yeah. I'm the less craziest of right, the you're others. The same one. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. The others are even crazier than I am, and so this is great. But also, I feel great with the Germans, who are just kind of down to earth, and that you can just have a normal conversation, like. Um, listen how many taxes did you pay last year this and this? how <laughs> did you save them you know, I mean that's <laughs> that's exaggerated now but still yeah. it's nice sometimes to just like um, how did you do it what do you put on then, uh, you cannot talk about this with the <laughs> servants going, I don't know I spent 2 million in the club last day Taxes? What taxes we don't have taxes <laughs> but what do you mean taxes yeah, yeah. so that's really funny to have these two crazy worlds For inside sure. of me and um, but it's really nice also. <laughs> yeah.
0: You also, uh, you've played doubles with people sometimes. You play with Anna Ivanovich mm-hmm. a lot. What's that like playing with someone, you know, because you're mostly a singles player, and she's mostly a singles yeah. player, so when you get out there together... Other than making bets. Other than... That, <laughs> we were we're trying b- to get b- <laughs> her to dance. <laughs> <laughs>
4: <Yeah>. <laughs> well, we had so much fun, because <coughs> I think... It's, um, for me, it's really tough to play with a doubles player because they are for me doubles is fun. I just want to feel the ball, I just want to feel a match atmosphere. And it's great when you um, haven't played in a while and then have a doubles match first and then you go out for a singles match. So for me it's fun. And when I play with another singles player, like Angie or Anna, mm-hmm. they feel the same yeah. way about it. Yeah. They're like, okay, let's just swing, I have some returns, some serves better than going on a practice court. But doubles players, of course, it's their... Uh, Tactic and strategy. It's exactly, their yeah, it's, their it's their career. Yeah. It's the same for me in singles. I'm really tied up there right. tie too, and I don't want to have fun in singles. It's, I not, yeah, win. it's not a hit yeah. and giggle. It's like yeah. this is... Exactly. Yeah. And I understand that, but for me, it's really tough, then, because I want to enjoy. So I prefer playing with singles players. And uh, Anna and I, we had... So- I mean, I also had so much fun with Angie, but with Anna, it was crazy, because Anna... Um, well, in the beginning, she was really nervous, not because of the match, but sh- because she didn't want to disappoint me, because we're friends. Sure. And I w- told her, Anna, I'm not disappointed <laughs> if we lose doubles. I don't care. I'm disappointed <laughs> if you steal my boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not disappointed if we lose doubles. We go for a drink and it's fine. Yeah. You buy me sushi. But she was really <laughs> tight in the beginning. And so I, I tried to find a way to loosen her up, and then I discovered the betting thing. So mm-hmm. I told her, "Okay, Anna, if you make an ace, I'll give you $5. Ace. Okay, $5. <laughs> and then she told me, if you hit this return, I'm going to give you 10 bucks." And that's how it started. She loosened up and mm-hmm. then we started playing really well in Miami. Yeah. And unfortunately, she had to retire. She had right. to pull out. But otherwise, I think we could have done really well. So that was a lot of fun. But my best doubles experience actually was when I played in Wimbledon. I played mixed doubles with, with Feliciano. Feliciano. Oh, yeah. yeah. And I doubles remember. with Anna. <laughs> and everybody was like... Come on, Andrea! You're not picking your partners by <laughs> by quality of tennis. Meanwhile, Judy Murray's off to the side, being like, "Bravo, Bravo, Anna,
1: Andrea Andrej Pekovic!"
4: That and was so funny. And uh, also, the funny thing was, um, I never had so many girls watching me when I played. <laughs> Feliciano, and they were all like, "Go, Feliciano!" Absolutely. And like, yeah. I was I was in that uh, at that.
1: Uh, I think the first doubles match I was there at Wimbledon as a fan. Oh, okay. So was, cool. And this was before I was hired as a writer or anything. Okay. That's why I was with another girl who's a big. Fan of you and a big fan of Feliciano, and so we were kind of up in the like, what was it like, court two or three? Oh, yeah, we played on a big. Yeah, you played like a kind of on a big court, and it, and it was like the sun was going down, and so we were just up there, and we were drunk. I'll be honest, <laughs> we were completely shit faced, and so she was just heckling from up top, and I think at some point she yelled at something, and Feliciano looked up at her, and she like ducked under the, the <laughs> chair. I was totally mortified, and she won't talk about it to this day. So I'm airing that oh, out now. It's so good uh, I'm
4: gonna tell. It. Yeah. No, but that was <laughs> the best because everybody people would just randomly come to me and go like, (laughs) <laughs> yeah, congrats, Andrea! You know or just go like hey, that's the way, you know. Exactly. And, I, and I would walk around like Sugar Mama. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, guys, that's, uh, that's me. Put a big old like, <laughs> like a velvet hat yeah, on, yeah, on yeah, you. Yeah. Yeah. I would feel like the coolest rapper in the world. Yeah. That's how rappers that's must feel. That's how rappers feel. feel. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so you, uh, you obviously make the videos, and we saw you talking to Djokovic before we walked in here, and you've done the videos where you talk to Isner and stuff like that. Yeah. How is it? Do you feel like you're better able to interact with the ATP Tour, or just like kid around with them, or stay on the same level than? most players One it seems like you <laughs> like
1: they, they can't as
4: much
0: well, you're very uh, comfortable with them yeah like well
4: i'm i am very comfortable because i'm just uh, i guess i'm just relaxed and i don't really care um, if yeah if they have big tennis stars yeah. or whatever because uh, well i don't care and um, also the guys are much more relaxed mm-hmm. but i feel like the girls have changed a lot of them have mm-hmm. changed for example kuznetsova, Azarenka, there are a few girls that really are l- really relax and I can talk to them to anything and also come with the camera but the guys they, that's the thing the guys don't change when I take out the camera <laughs> so when I like John talked to me the same way he right. would talk to me if I have the camera there or not and a lot of girls they get a little tight uptight mm-hmm. they're like oh there's a camera I have to I don't know do something but it's be on yeah be on or yeah. something just uh, but I think it's uh, it's more in the girls kind of genes to um, Try to be likable all Mm -hmm. the time, or to not say something that people would find uh, offending, or. And I understand it because I said a lot of things that people found (laughs) offending, (laughs) and I always in the critique and this kind of stuff, and so I know. that it's tough sometimes, and I guess a lot of girls don't like to deal with it. And the guys are more like, "Oh, I don't care what people say," and so they don't really change when I take out the camera. So it's easier yeah. for me to interact with them, I guess. H-
0: how much is making the videos and being interactive and showing that sort of side of it to fans and also just the other players? How much has that made your career more enjoyable? Do you think?
4: Oh, for me, for my yeah. personal stuff, it has made it much more enjoyable. I think for a lot of people out there, <laughs> they hate me for it because I feel like. And actually, I feel like a lot of players have loosened up after mm-hmm. I started doing it because they were like, "Oh, it works! It kind of works." Not everybody loves no, it, sure, but, but some like it. Mm-hmm. And uh, if I feel like doing it, why? Why not? And I see uh, uh, Vika dancing all of the sudden. I saw Sam dancing. Mm-hmm. His open. I was that like, was crazy. standing in front of the TV, screaming, <laughs> like, "Yeah, <laughs> you go, girl!" Because she's like the most. Uh, unlikely kind of flag, yeah. person to dance after a match and I loved it so much and it's just and that's what I was always saying it's a kind of joy thing it's, it's nothing now you can't stop it. them from dancing no and everyone's now everyone's dancing it. exactly now everyone's dancing but that's what I kind of wanted mm-hmm. because I know the players mm-hmm. I've been here I've been on the tour for four or five or six years I know them I know that they are fun I know that they are relaxed but we are very intense on the court of course yeah. we want to win and I just wanted to show this other side of us to show the people like because I remember when I was a fan and watching, and I was like, man, Steffi is intense. She's never smiling. Oh, man, Arancha is really annoying with her jumping around. Yeah, and yeah. then I met them, and they were the coolest, funniest, warmest personalities around. Right. And I was like, okay, it's just the TV. And I tried always, that's what I wanted, to bring this other side of us also to the audience. And nowadays, with social media Absolutely. and internet, it's so much easier. And so. with the
1: social media stuff, because I've heard you reference this before, just kind of that there was effectively kind of a petco backlash at some point that (laughs) you seem to like that do you seem to be aware of or you know is that via just like Twitter or like is that mainly kind of where all of a sudden you're like wait I was just kind of making some fun videos and now everybody thinks that I'm like you know stealing the spotlight or trying to do something like um, what was your reaction to it like how did you even find out about it was it just
4: it was mostly Twitter because I'm uh, very active on Twitter but also um, journalists would ask me because I don't follow like everything that is talking about me or I don't check the comments or something I'm just on my Twitter and I read the mentions but journalists would talk to me and go like how do you feel that people are criticizing Uh, your dance or criticizing your video so do you feel like and then I was like Oh, And then I started asking because, of course, nobody would tell it to your face. Nobody goes like, hey, Andrea, I don't like your videos. You're r- r- pretty annoying and you're not funny at all. <laughs> I mean, who says that? Tweet nobody. It. <laughs> yeah. you know? But they tweeted, yeah, you know. Yeah. And then I started um, being a little bit more sensitive and, and listening to what was in between the lines or trying also to talk to players because mm-hmm. obviously I don't want to offend my colleagues and right. some of them are my friends. So um, I asked them and then I started realizing... Um, that there is not only the positive side but also the other side that's that's not so happy with what I'm doing and I try to tone it down a little bit but still stay true to myself um, because I I honestly don't want to offend anybody and I I just try to to um, well to as I said to show the relaxed side but it did affect me in the beginning because (laughs) I had no cruel intentions you know if I has if I'm like oh now I'm gonna dance to a Offend this bitch yeah, yeah. to make <laughs> yeah. her go angry, and so right. she cannot play against me. Okay, then yeah, I have to deal with it. But it had really nothing to do with it, so I felt kind of sorry um, that people would feel like this because it was not my intention, right. and that's why I tried to tone it down and stuff like this. Yeah. So I
0: was waiting to see when you when you beat Putin save in the first round if you were going to start dancing. <laughs> I think everybody
1: had their camera we're ready to go. <laughs>
0: when you win a match, now do you think should I dance? Should I not dance? Or are you thinking about during the last few games? What how does that, how does that work?
4: Um, well, sometimes when I have like um, sometimes I really have I said it before and nobody believes me but sometimes I have inspirations for example with the dance it was an inspiration in the last game when I um, beat Petrova Mm -hmm. it was a tie break and my coach had told me before you have to do something special but we didn't figure out what and so when I had match point I was like if I win this match and it was against the 14th seed so it was kind of special if I win this match I'm going to dance I don't care what people say <laughs> and that's how it happened and so and sometimes I have inspiration and that's with the moonwalk was the same mm-hmm. thing because in Rome it was so slippery and you basically couldn't run. It was so slippery, and I was like, "Man, you could go do a good moonwalk." Here. <laughs> and uh, when I won, I was like, "Oh, you could do a moonwalk." Here. <laughs> so um, I tried to go with the inspiration. What the thing what I didn't really like in the end was that it wasn't spontaneous yeah. anymore. I just had to do it. I felt like um, people were expecting me to. Like do you were it. performing.
1: Exactly as opposed and to, like it, exactly yeah. as
4: a and in, in the beginning I really liked it was like oh I'm so happy I'm dancing yeah. whatever and then when it kind of got like I have to dance because people want me to dance it was not the it's thing not fun. yeah it's not <laughs> fun and it's not the thing that yeah. I wanted to um, transfer to people so that's why I actually also stopped so I don't have this pressure of always deciding should I dance should I not dance because that was really um, that was kind of annoying for me because it wasn't true to myself anymore
1: well like last question Uh, you know obviously you're back I mean have you felt the love from your fans like you know during even just the time that you were away and Mm -hmm. kind of back now I mean people are pretty excited It seems to me that 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 you're back and I don't know like what would you want to say (laughs) to your fans we'll give you the mic. Well (laughs) I've been I've
4: been really actually I've been really surprised by all the love I got because as we just talked about now I I felt like there were a lot of people who didn't like the things that I was doing so I kind of also forgot the people that liked it Mm -hmm. And so now it was really nice, especially yesterday, because in the qualifying, um, there weren't so many people yet there, and then yesterday in the doubles, there were so many people yelling during the doubles, Petco, we're so happy you're back, and welcome back, Petco, and it was really, really emotional, actually, yeah. for me. I was in the doubles, like, tearing <laughs> up. Kerber's <laughs> <Curve's laughs> like, I, what? <laughs> I, And she was like, because I made a really good point, and then somebody was screaming, I don't know, like, that's you, Petco, we loved you, we missed you so much, and I was like, <laughs> <laughs> During I event, Angie was like, a pet call, please. <laughs> <laughs> get over yourself. <laughs> I just get out of here. <laughs> so,
0: I, I know when we talked last, you mentioned the uh, the book, the Stephen King book, about mm-hmm. the date. I forget.
4: and Have you read it? It's no, I not. It's just like thousands. So. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but do you have any other recommendations? You're a big tastemaker in tennis, so we'll leave people oh, yeah. here. With yeah. the food okay, well,
4: music, films, or whatever. Everything,
0: everything. And art that's a lot. inspiring you.
4: Well, one thing I will tell you, you have to go to the cinema in Palm Desert. I was in the cinema alone. <laughs> no, no, no alone (laughs) means alone. (laughs) There was nobody there. I first thought it's only the movie. I watched Silver Linings Playbook. I loved it. And I thought, okay, it's just the movie. I'm alone here. But I went out. There was nobody there. The bar was empty. I could have drank all the vodka and beer (laughs) and everything that was there. There was nobody there. And I went around. I went into the other rooms and I sat down and I watched the movies and there was nobody there. That's nice. Eleven bucks, and I was alone in a cinema. <laughs> I took over the world <laughs> so exactly. that 's what you have to do a uh, cinema in palm desert is the best experience in the world and um, what i 've been really inspired by I watched the um, I just discovered this director car. Kai the okay. Chinese. Oh, yeah. yes. I just Absolutely. discovered him for me. I loved. Um, I watched my Blueberry Nights. Mm-hmm. I watched *In the Mood for Love*, and so beautiful um, movie, very beautiful. And so I really love that. And um, what I would um, music-wise, I'm really kind of back in the 90s. Okay. <laughs> because I discovered that hip hop for me is. Um, before the matches, a really good thing to mm-hmm. get somehow groovy, uh, because normally I listen to rock music, but hip hop before the matches. So um, I'm really into the 90s. Hip hop, Tupac, nice. gangsta, you know. Easily. Jay-Z you can just drive down the street and just blare uh, California love, and that's yeah. pretty much what it means
1: to be a Californian. <laughs> <Exactly, laughs> that's all exactly.
4: we do. So, um, so that's my goal find a Californian husband and uh, move to California and listen to Californian hip hop from the 90s. the
1: goal, <laughs> yeah. and we fully support it. <laughs> all right, well, thank you so much, <laughs> Andrea. No, Andrea really so
0: appreciate it. We always do an outro song. give you have a pick? First song you want to play
4: out? Uh, oh yeah, I would like to. Okay, let me listen. So something cool, right? Well, my favorite song is really "Click" by Kanye West. And we'll do okay, right we're we'll do done. We're it. It's nobody. a good one, and my my my. I love the part where Jay Z goes like, "Yeah, I'm talking yeah yeah, I'm talking re yeah, I'm talking b." It is
1: classic. It's good. It's so. I mean, it's, it's, it's so good. It's a good jam. And then he Egypt. goes,
4: like, um, yeah, I'm talking LeBron, who we'll born the family tree. <laughs> 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 and the best thing was, I was yeah. in the Urban Outfitters, and I bought a lot of things. And my coach was with me, and he normally, it's not his style, Urban Outfitters, but he bought also some kind of stuff, I think headphones. And there were two girls. <laughs> and they uh, asked us, like, oh, where are you guys from? Because they heard we were talking yeah. Serbian. And we were like, yeah, we're from Europe. And she said, oh, it's very exp- I heard it's very expensive there. And we said, yeah, it's more expensive than here. Mm-hmm. And then she said, so y'all be balling, man. <laughs> <laughs> at Urban? <laughs> I've, never, I've never heard anybody talk like <laughs> that at Urban. <laughs> no, and she said, so y'all be balling here, man. And we looked, we didn't understand it at yeah, first. Yeah. I mean, I kind of knew what it was because I listened to rap. Mm-hmm. So I was like... I think I know what it was but I didn't and then we asked um, we asked our friend who lives in San Diego and he explained <laughs> to us and we were laughing so much solid <laughs> hey you're balling So yes, I'm balling you're balling <laughs> balling hard okay,
0: thank you again for balling with us yeah we appreciate thank it. you
4: for balling
0: Pira awesome
4: it was so much fun
0: Yeah, I'm talking, yeah, yeah, I'm talking re, yeah, I'm talking B, nigga, I'm talking me, yeah, I'm talking bossy, I ain't talking Khalees, your money too short, you can't be talking to me, yeah, I'm talking LeBron, we on our family tree, good music, drug dealing cousin ain't nothing